Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, the bike rider, and a protection boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the East Kent Elliot Friedman, and a man who knows a little thing about Terry Tibbs. Love your human, Will Hydeum. Uh, very well, thank you, Dan. Very well. You've uh, been wearing a nice little uh, helmet on that bike, have you? Of course, mate, of course. Safety first, safety second. Got to take it seriously. <laughs> That's what we like to see. That's what we like to see. Good, good bit of high vis, is there? There's no high vis, no, because I'm a I'm a day bike rider. I'm not doing the nighttime thing yet. No. I don't tr- I don't trust people enough who in cars to not just plow into me for the sake of it. It's t- it's terrifying. Like I used to used to ride a bike a lot before I got my car. So when I was like sort of yeah, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, whatever. And crikey, the thought of you know, cycling around all black, no high vis, no lights in country roads and that. I just think bloody hell. I'm Deserved to die, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You live in a. I live in a, a kind of a, a country sidey-ish area. There's lots of green around me, but you live even more in the sticks, don't you? So Christ Almighty, you, yeah, you're taking life into your own hands for sure. Yeah, yeah. I like. It. Yeah, it's it's like a East Kent's a weird one where you've got plenty of built-up towns, but a lot of the time, if you want to get town to town, or you'll always know people in little villages and that. So yeah, scary stuff. Just thinking about it. As a Will Smith once sang, summer, 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 summertime. It is a summertime blues, Will, in autumn, early winter, as we have no <laughs> hockey and not much is happening. And I don't care. I don't care what the NHL has got to do to get back on track. But I'm going to be the spoiled sports fan. I'm not happy that it's basically getting dark nights. It's getting cold. This is hockey weather and there's no hockey. And it, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it at all. I'm. I'm not being funny. Like, it, it doesn't matter what time of the time of the year it is, calendar year, Roman or Gregorian, but it's the off season, isn't it, Dan? It's the you'd agree. It's the off season. Yeah, yeah. And we have been a week without a single trade. But what is? What are we? What are we doing? What are we doing? That's got to be in the fucking CBA, hasn't it? That you can't go a week without a trade. <laughs> well, there's not many trades, is it? All the all the kind of decent-ish players get bought, like uh, picked up. And there's still a chunk of players out there who are really good. You would think at least... there's Mike Hoffman's obviously still out there. You know, maybe not on every team, but on most teams, first-line winger. And then there are a lot oh, of Oh, yeah, well, he's going to be top six in every every team in the, in the yeah, league. Yeah, he'll be top six. Yeah, okay, yeah, top six in every team at least. And then there's plenty of players. I keep mentioning a guy like Eric Howler. Just, you think, you know, a team looking for a, a third-line guy at least would, <laughs> would just pick him up. I don't know if it's them or their agents playing hardball or whatever, but there's still a lot of people out there. I, I think we maybe even underestimated how big that middle class squeeze is going to be this year. Yeah, we said, oh, you're gonna you're gonna have some really handy players that are on the outside looking in, yada yada yada. Christ, yeah, I think I think you know you got Mikhail Granlund up there, you have got Sammy Vatanen. Again, I keep seeing Alex, Alex Galchenyuk's name there. Like, surely somebody's going to take a flyer on him. Andreas Athens, see you. Uh, basically, every single name we listed last week, um, they're still, <laughs> it's still there. It's still there. Like I, you're going to get fucking Mike Hoffman on like a one year, two million deal or something like that. And the way things are going, which is madness, absolutely madness. Athens, see you, Howler, Grandland in your bottom in your bottom six. <laughs> yes, all right, isn't it? It's not. <laughs> I know, not bad. I I really I wouldn't be surprised. Sorry to sorry to cut you off, but oh, like. You see some of these bigger Finnish names, especially like your Howlers, Grandlands, and your, your Vatnans, uh, Sodomobia, Swedish, and any of like the Europeans on this list. Surely there comes a point where they they go back home and 
and take a, a decent enough wage just to be at home. Yeah, you would think so, wouldn't you? They always have those deals, don't they, where they can they can kind of go to Europe, but they work something out with the European team where if an NHL team comes calling, they can just kind of pop back over and, you know, thanks for the seven or eight games. It was, you know, I had a blast, but I'm, I'm going back to Canada. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back to the real world now. <laughs> yeah, cheers, guys. Thanks a lot, and I'll see you later. So you would think, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's a weird one. I am going <laughs> to not deviate from hockey, but... <laughs> no, we'd never do I'm that. No, we'd never do that. We'd never do that. I am going to give a review of NHL 21 because I'm I'm well aware that some of our listeners to the show will play that game. And I was actually talking to somebody who listens to the show in my local game establishment where I picked this game up on Saturday, I think it was. was oh, it very Saturday? nice. Got it? Sunday. Sunday, yeah. And here's my review. <laughs> it's better. It's better. But... I still don't think anybody who works on NHL 21 has ever actually watched hockey. I think they know what hockey is. I think they know how it works. They've clearly had the code for things like icing and offsides and all the penalties and all that kind of thing for so long. They don't they don't need to know what that is or care about it because there are so many things in the game that you would just think, how did that make it past testing? And this is something I guess in in all games now that get released or you know like AAA titles and all that kind of thing. And there's obviously the big situation in game at the moment with something called Crunch. And I don't know if anyone knows what that is, but a game is announced to be released. I don't know. Let's say the first of December. Leading up to that date, people are working 75, 80 hour weeks to get this game finished because it has to be released on that date. Yeah, and we're not I just talking, know. sorry to jump in, but we're not just talking not from like, oh, we've got five weeks until deadline, let's push it. We're talking, it's getting so bad now in the games industry that it's like six months worth of crunch. There's yeah, um, people are literally sleeping under their desks to, to maximise as much time as possible that they can be in the office. It's kind of getting a bit ridiculous. If you want to see anything about, was it Red Dead Redemption 2? Yeah, Red Dead 2 was really bad with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I think Cyberpunk 2077, the new one from Project Red's meant to be really bad as well. Yeah, and they admit it. Cyber, the people making Cyberpunk said, we are never doing crunch. It's not fair. It's not right. And the closer and closer they've got, well, now they're doing a crunch because they've got obviously <laughs> this game to get Ob- out. Obligations to meet, apparently. Not obligations to workers' rights. On the plus side, clearly NHL 21 didn't have a crunch. <laughs> Because of all the mistakes <laughs> in the game, so I want to give EA credit for that. So, when when you're saying mistakes, do you mean in the actual gameplay in in the games itself, rather than you know, like all oh, the trades are still broken or the free agency is still broken? Trades, trades, and free agency is still broken. I've as I I sent you. So I I started a a franchise with the Bruins. I managed to pick up Anthony Sorelli, Mikhail Sergachev, Dougie Hamilton, Jonas Corposalo. Athanasiu, and a couple of others. And I would just, and I've got the, I swear, I swear on a stack of Bibles, I have everything set on the hardest difficulty. Not the gameplay, because I've got like sliders that I've kind of found where my limit is that I can just about handle it. But for the sort of GMing side of the game, it, it should be way more difficult. It should be way more difficult. There should be a, a, a play, a something in place in the game that recognizes what you're doing. So I just I just signed loads of free agents and then I'll trade them away for picks and I'll use those picks to get players. And you can just keep doing it. You can just keep going and going and going. The salary cap 
being 81 and a half meant that loads of teams were way over and couldn't sign any of their free agents, which fair enough. That is realistic. That's the situation right now. I know obviously the Lightning are doing what they're doing. Like Tyler Johnson is getting bought out and nobody would take him because they wanted a first or, you know, or whatever. And teams like, well, no, because we're not going to help you out in this situation. So that's fine. I get that. But to be able to put together that team in this current market is a bit stupid and does feel incredibly cheaty. But you know what it is more than anything else? It's the little things. It's the little things where you think, how, how does that make it through testing? On the franchise screen, you'll get those, you, if you scroll right a couple of times, you'll get those reports of like games that you weren't involved in. And it has like, it says hockey analyst doesn't it? Who's reporting on some game or something. Oh, yeah, like, because they, <laughs> they can't afford the rights to Elliot Friedman. Think about this. Ray Ferraro works on the game. Ray Ferraro is in the game. Yeah. Why don't you just put Ray Ferraro? He's already in the game doing commentary. Like, that's just something so small and stupid. How would you not think of that? I thought I'd try out Be A Pro. I played two games in the Champions Hockey League, because I started in Europe, obviously being English, went to Cardiff in the Champions as, League. As all the greats will. As all the greats will. After my two games, I spent, I swear to God, I spent 20 minutes in different versions of loading screens doing bullshit like talking to my agent or talking to the coach or all that kind of stuff, not actually doing anything, just just lots of loading screens and dialogue boxes. I've done about three hours so far. At no point in that three hours have I done any training or any mini games to boost my character. Mm -hmm. It's just been done automatically. After those two games in the CHL, I had three points and I went second overall. Two games, got drafted second overall. No grind getting to the NHL, no two years in junior, no nothing, nothing like that. Just straight into the NHL. I was just going to jump in because that's the only mode I've played. I've played a bit of a... 10-hour uh, preview that you can get through EA Access and the Beer, Beer Pro is the only thing that I, I tried out because they've pushed it so much this year. Yeah, And it's like, the thing I thought with it and, and what you can see for the general updates they made for the rest of the game is like, there are some great things that they've put in there, but all of it does, you know, not to sound ungrateful, but all of it does sound, feel like stuff that just should have been there for donkey's years. Yeah, none of it. Little things like... Either. Like having a secondary position for your player, and and like you say, would be a pro and all the menus and stuff. At first, I thought, okay, this is kind of cool. You can build your your player off the ice a bit as well, because it affects like you know, your your um, approval rating with the coach and with your teammates, and it has various effects on on your stats and stuff like that, like where your your ice time. But it's one of those things where as soon as you look, see through it and read between lines of it, it's like oh, this is actually just more menus. Like this isn't. It's not anything, is it? You're just clicking yes or no on stuff. Yeah, why aren't there mini games where if you want to improve your shooting ability, you go to like a local facility so they have no fans, nothing like that, and you work on your shooting to get it better, to get your stats up. Like a like hit like in the All Star game, you know, hit the discs in the you know, the mm. corners and then one in the middle. If you can do that in ten shots, okay, it'll give you a one point boost to your accuracy well, that, or your slap shot or something. Why not something like that? They do that in the NBA 2K games. It's not even like this is unheard of. All they have to yeah, do is just nick an idea one. from the most yeah from the most successful sports games in, in the world at the moment. It's, it's not hard. The show. You want to build your character, you do loads of little mini games. And I get it. Like Some of them are silly. Some of them are, like, if you're trying to, 
improve your vision on the plate when you're batting, there's a little mini game where you you log onto your mobile phone, your character logs onto their mobile phone, and they play a mini game where they have to hit the balls in the red squares. But I'm just like, that's something like that. That's that's all you need. Like things like that. It doesn't need to be but there's nothing. There's nothing like that. It's just like you say, yeah, it's just it's just more menus. The other thing, and this is one that really fucking annoyed me, and it's gonna sound crazy because it's again, it's nothing but like you want to be like I when I play games like this, I want to be immersed in the game. I want to feel like I'm really trying to do it and and like do my best. I played my first preseason game, so I got I, I got taken by the Kings. Mm-hmm. We lost five three. Okay, so we've already lost. Games finished five three. I had an okay game. I think I had two assists. After we lose, it cuts to a scene of me walking down the corridor to our dressing room. The coach pulls me aside and says. This game's still there for the taking. Can you get me a goal? My only option is to say, yeah, sure, you got it. Bearing in mind, the game's already finished. We've lost. I'm not <laughs> sure what the coach is talking about. <laughs> you fucking drunk. Wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> the game's already over, mate. We lost. Yeah, he's asking me to go grab us another goal. I'm like, what? Well, How does well, this get through testing? To, to be fair to them there, Dan, that is a sign of extreme realism that just lacks the licensing because it's good to see the Jim Montgomery is in the game. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what they did. Maybe they just maybe he was like a consultant or something. What what you want to do when you finish the game is just say just say to him, just give another goal. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. It's it's my games, mate. That coach is in he's in your kitchen now. He's he's got he's you in my head. Like, oh what does he mean? What's he talking about? He's got me fired up. That's what it is. <laughs> He's got me fired up IRL because I'm so fucking annoyed at this. Like, this is just. I mean, how? Are you? This is the thing. Can you? Can you tell me that you couldn't pay? You couldn't pay fifty players, fifty people, fifty people off the street. Do you love NHL hockey? Right. We're going to give you the game pre-release for a week. Can you please play it to death for me? And just send me an email of what's not right, what's broken, what doesn't work. That's all you got to do. People are do it for tea. People are do it for tea and biscuits just to say, "Oh, mate, got it pre. Yeah, you know, I got the game early. I'm testing it. I'm a tester." Like you wouldn't have to pay them anything. Or even if you did, you like you'd do it for like two hundred quid, wouldn't you? Like you're going to pay me to play this video game and tell you what's wrong with it. But no, I find it's just stupid <sighs> shit like that. It's it's really hard with judging video games though isn't it because like obviously they tested NHL 21 like obviously they did that would be ridiculous to assume they didn't and I completely understand that once a game goes to, to retail yeah you there are only so many tests you can you can actually have do you know what I mean like say even if you've got a thousand people testing the game once it's up for for release you're gonna have a hundred times that a thousand times that you know you're gonna have such a wider player base that you've got a larger larger sample size to find more obscure glitches that you may or errors in bugs and stuff like that that you may not have found during your your sort of uh, regular testing but but at the same time you're absolutely right to say like things like that's like what what the fuck are we doing how how does that slip through the net there's there's always 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 going to be glitch goals always especially in ultimate team always that's I genuinely believe you could never get rid of that because, mm. like you say, that's just no. playing games after game after game after game, and people will play this for ten hours a day. Sometimes that's all they do, and especially like students, that's all they're going to do Saturdays and Sundays. But stuff like be a pro and that's just basic. 
I mean, I, I, found, I found these issues within five hours of playing the game. Franchise mode and be a pro. Things that you just think, nobody saw this. Nobody saw this. I mean, how, how is that possible? Well, I, just, I think it's insane. And the ones like you say with the sign and, sign and trades with the free agents, like that's that's against the CBA. That's against the against the law. That's illegal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How was that? How was that in there? I got no it's, idea. But there, there you are. And and it's, and it's the the combination of those oversights that then give you less sort of give them less leeway with the other oversights and the other glitches and issues. You think, well, if you haven't bothered to fix or change this obvious thing that shouldn't be in there it's like like you've got a fucking button to pick the puck up and throw it in the net how can i believe that you've sincerely tried your hardest to perfect the game in other other areas exactly exactly and i just I, i don't know i don't know how i don't know how these games get released like that i just don't it just baffles me absolutely baffles me i think it's it's just the sports game curse isn't it in in these trying times, you know, you have to have one out every single year. To work. Yeah, but some of them are really good. Like you said, the NBA 2K, like, career, like be a pro modes are, are fantastic. Mm-hmm. The MLB The Show. I'm, I've been playing MLB The Show 17 because I, I you know, I don't, I don't mind baseball. Their be a pro is so good. It's so good. The, the, the amount of different things you do and the, and the, the training and all that. Like they'll have you doing batting practice and going out onto the diamond and, and doing fielding practice and stuff like that. And it, and it helps your stats and it makes you better. And you're not going to, you can't just ace your character. Like, yeah, you can if you want to. If you want to just do it on like the easiest level and, you know, take the piss out of everyone, that's fine. You can do that if you want to do that. But the option is there to like try and do your best and pretend you're really trying to do it and, and really trying to immerse yourself in that life. And But with this, it isn't. It's just, like you say, it's just lots of menus. Like I'm not, I don't fancy playing fucking Excel Spreadsheet Simulator 2020, thanks. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd rather, like, try and play. <laughs> we're, we're already doing that. <laughs> yeah, I do that IRL. I don't need to do that in my, in my gaming life as well. All, all that said, thoroughly looking forward to picking it up and uh, putting a thousand hours into it. <laughs> oh, yeah, can't wait. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Totally addicted. Let's start the So it looks like we are heading towards a Canadian division. Thanks to Bill Foley spilling the beans maybe on purpose maybe not i don't know i th- I like to think maybe this is one of those news leaks that was done on purpose to gauge fan reaction before anything was actually done about it because he was doing a radio hit or an interview somewhere and somebody asked him about vegas playing against nate schmidt and he said well it's not going to matter is it because they'll be in the canadian division or words that you know he said something like that yeah i would love a uh, i'd love a canadian division i think it'd be excellent and someone on reddit did do the geography realignment uh, I don't. Have you seen this or not? How the actual, if you realigned it geographically to make it as kind of like the closest distance for everyone to travel, somebody has realigned the divisions for the twenty twenty one season. I don't. Do you see that? Yeah, I think. I think I've I've definitely seen one. Is that the one with like the metropolitan, like the basically the central east, the the sorry, the metropolitan, the Pacific, and the central, and the Canadian. Okay, so the one I saw was Canadian. So obviously you get obviously Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. Then there was a northeast division, yep. which was... Oh, okay. No, I haven't, I haven't seen this Okay, one. so it's the Bruins, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Devils, Philly, Washington, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. 
Then the Central was Minnesota, Chicago, Detroit, Nashville, Columbus, Carolina, Tampa, Miami, and Florida. Oh, sorry, Miami. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be better if the Panthers were Miami. That's just, I've just copied and pasted that. I didn't even notice that. Uh, Tampa and Florida. And then the West would be St. Louis, Dallas, Colorado, Vegas, Arizona, LA, Anaheim, and San Jose. See, this is the thing that I, I struggle with geographically for, for like a Canadian division realignment. It's because there's so much gap between a lot of these, like a lot of these teams. Yeah, you're right. Especially if we if we're realigning to sort of, I understand that bringing in the Canadian division is because of border issues and stuff like that. Yeah, if we're still actually wanting to reduce travel time, let alone you know actual places that we're travelling from and to 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 reduce the spread of COVID or whatever, like mate, having like Dallas in the same division as as fucking San Jose and stuff like that, it just doesn't. That was exactly that was exactly who I was looking at. I was looking at Dallas, thinking you got to go to St. Louis and then go to Anaheim and San Jose. Like Jesus Christ! Meanwhile. You know the fucking Rangers have got to go about an hour each way for their for their longest journey. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, that they can do every team in their division in be home in time for tea. Like, yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, it's... Dallas has got like a proper, you know, a proper schedule there, like actually like an actual season. If sorry, if, if we're looking at a condensed schedule that we all think we're doing, like because big old Gaz wants to do eighty two games between fucking February and June, like you're gonna have back to backs five nights a week, aren't you? Yeah, I just, just, can, I just don't think they're going to do that now. I just don't think it's possible. I, I reckon it'll be it'll be forty eight games, like twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Yeah, because to get it back on track, and as we mentioned a few weeks ago, there's the Olympics. NBC is mm. not going to have hockey on when the Olympics is on because they've paid one point five billion dollars for the rights to the Olympics. So it's crazy, isn't it? And and the only way you can really do a more sensible way of doing it, because I think to an extent, even if you do forty eight games like that travel is ridiculous so the only way you can do it is by having like eight divisions and having it much more localized like you have a west coast division you have a yeah like a central division you have a southeast division a northeast division whatever it might be but then even even that sounds untenable because if you're splitting it into that smaller division you're just going to end up with you know like the the islanders playing the rangers 12 times in the season yeah so it's a hard one. Like I, I don't envy the schedule makers and, and the decision makers as far as this realignment goes, but it's it's going to have to get creative. There's going to be some serious issues as far as travel, and and that's not even mentioning the Canadian division. We're kind of treating it as a given because of the border issues and the travel issues of quarantine and stuff. But what you're having Montreal in the same division as Vancouver? That's fucking mental. Those like yeah, those that east and west. I don't. People do realise it, but it's not. I kind of be guilt. I've been guilty of this before. That when you're looking at these sports teams, <clears throat> excuse me, especially East and West Canada, it's so fucking miles. It's so fucking far it's apart from each other. Away. Like the split is insane. How far apart they are. And and to, that, that's why I, I can't see anything but if if you had like an East Canada and a West Canada division and then if if you split it into eight or something that is the only way to do it cuz yeah cuz if if we're taking Canada as oh you've got to have all the Canadian teams in the same conference or, or same setup whatever it is reduce the the travel across the border you you cannot expect a 48 game schedule where all Canadian teams are playing each other exclusively that's just going to it's going to end in tears. 
there's going to be some, yeah, serious jiggery pokery with this schedule. And, and yeah, like you say, just like travel times and stuff like that. Some teams are just going to be so rested if they get to a playoff scenario. Meanwhile, other teams are literally <laughs> flying. I mean, they're flying halfway across <clears throat> America and Canada for the majority of their games. And then we'd have to see where we're up to, but it might be the case if we do another, we then get to another bubble when the playoffs comes around, if nothing's sorted out by that point. Oh, I'd imagine we'd be having a bubble for the playoffs. Unless we've got fans in the building, which I don't think we will do, but yeah, I think we'd be having a bubble regardless. Well, all all the on the back of the bubble, like all the NBA players have come out and said we're never doing that ever again. (sighs) They just said no, that's it. You find another way. We're not doing a bubble. I don't care what happens because in the NBA, the players are allowed to talk. Yeah, absolutely. But but wasn't the NBA bubble especially shit because they're in fucking Disneyland? And, you know, Disneyland's a treat for your for your six year old kids. It's not a fucking treat for your multi millionaire mid twenties NBA players. Yeah, but hang on. Compared to the NHL bubble, what would you rather go to? Disneyland or a prison in Edmonton? <laughs> yeah, but I think at least the rooms in the hotels are meant to be better, weren't they? Yeah, but a room's a room after like two months, isn't it? You don't care. After the second day, you're just like, oh, this is my fucking room. Unless it's like, unless it's some kind of fucking emperor's palace with like a grand piano in there or something like that. <laughs> you don't give a shit about your room, do you? Just yeah, but all, all right. shit on tap. <laughs> would you Would you rather live in a fucking Premier Inn for two months or whatever your local, I don't know, fucking whatever it is in Manchester? Do you know? Do you have a grand in Manchester? Is that a thing? What name Name a posh hotel. Like, but like the Midland, for example. The, yeah, right. The Midland. Would you rather live in the Midland for two months or a, or a Premier Inn? And don't say Premier Inn because you're fucking double hard and extra working class. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'd rather yeah, live in the Midland, wouldn't you? Would you? Yeah, but once you get out of your room, but what? Well, you're acting like the difference between these two rooms is like I said, it's either being in some kind of Singaporean prison. Or I'm staying at the fucking governor's palace. I'm staying at Wayne Manor. It's not that, is it? It's just a room. I don't care how nice the room is at this, you know, fucking Disneyland or the one in Edmonton. After two or three days, you're fucking sick of the sight of it. Nah, because we're, we're talking about Nikita Kucherov living in a perfectly nice, you know, four-star hotel in Edmonton. And Ron James with his fucking feet sticking out the end of a Mickey Mouse-shaped bed. If the question is, would I rather live in an Edmonton prison... Or Mickey Mouse's clubhouse. I'll take Mickey Mouse's clubhouse. <laughs> I reckon you'd go fucking mental. You'd you'd have a you'd have a nervous breakdown if you had to live in Disneyland under quarantine. Dude, you'd go men- you'd go mentally the way, wouldn't you? Let's be honest. Yeah, but it'd be like a special kind of mental where you're surrounded by <laughs> by just singing fucking Disney world shit. over and over again. Yeah, you wake up to Goofy's face next to your head in every morning, like. I guarantee you, all those NBA players now hate Disney. They just hate it with a passion. <laughs> they're all they're all getting people to find out their cable packages when they get home. It's like, yeah, can I pay extra to remove the Disney Channel? I want it blocked. I don't ever see Disney Plus in this house ever again. Yeah, it'll be. It'll... Then I don't know what else you. I don't know what else you would do. Like, it's fair enough. The NBA players saying that, and again, like the players pretty much run that league. They have all the control. Mm. Whereas, you know what? There's no... Like, can you imagine NHL boys? All they would do... They're so British. They're so... Do you know what it is? They're so British. All they would do is grumble and complain to their wife for two weeks and then just go and do it anyway. Because they're just... That's what they do. 
have uh, have anonymous sources come out in a in another article saying about how it's crap and everyone's smoking bare dubs, and then yeah, Gary Bettman get the ump. God. At least Gord Miller will have a good time again. <laughs> <laughs> he can't wait to get back to that bubble, can he? <laughs> Why did he even post that photo? I know we've done this, but. <laughs> <laughs> like I've no idea. I've no idea. I, I wonder if he's like a super like evangelical prude or something. He's like fuck this fucking cunt. Are people having sex intercourse? Jesus, fucking! I hope we get another bubble just for for the hope that we get something like that again. What would it have to? What would it have to be though? What would it have to be? What? What instead? Gord Miller posts picture of what? Uh, like a roach or something like. <laughs> It's gonna say a sex swing. <laughs> sex swing. <laughs> a flashlight. Flashlight. It'd have to be a flashlight. It, it would. Just quickly, can we? I think we need to remove the stigmas of flashlights. If I'm being honest, I think it's a bit unfair. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think. I think. Fair enough. Because we've got to the point now where, if you say, <laughs> oh, <laughs> "Buckle up, folks," we've got to the point now where, if you say a woman has got a vibrator or a dildo. And she pleases herself with it. No one even bats an eyelid. But if a guy's a fleshlight, well, fucking hell, a bit of a creep. I don't, I don't, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I don't, I don't think we're quite at the at the stage that, that you're painting, Dan, where you know men, men or women, anyone on the gender spectrum, is uh, openly discussing their um, their, <laughs> their their plastic imitation penis of choice at the dinner table. But but clearly, you don't mix in the circles. Uh, I, I, clearly not. Clearly not. Um, maybe I'm not. I, I've not got that face where people aren't willing to to open up to me. But, but you are <laughs> you are right to say that there is an extra stigma for for a male's sex toy. You know, you have a, a replication vagina, anus, whatever you want. It's, uh, it's, there you go. You it's see. funny, wasn't it? Gord Miller can be at the forefront of that. <laughs> He can lead the charge. Next year in the NHL bubble, I want to see Gord Miller have a like Gord Miller's Twitter account take a picture of a fleshlight with like hashtags like proud, good for you, you know, all that kind of thing. Yeah, he's he's moved on from t- taking photos of his of his Johnny rappers on the floor claiming that they're somebody else's that he's just stumbled across and now he's doing like a hashtag ad, hashtag pay promotion. God. It will never, ever, ever, ever happen. Ever. But I fucking hope that was his and it was just a power move. Oh, he just dibbed on himself to divert attention. Oh my God. I would love that so I'll much. I'll tell you what, I'm going to buy his memoir the second he, uh, get on pre-order the second he announces it. <laughs> I've got to know. Gordon Miller tells him. I need to know. Having pushies in the uh, in the bubble. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course that's what was happening, Will. Poshies, definitely. <laughs> definitely not homosexual. Definitely not homosexual encounters between two uh, two strapping young boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I will raise the point of there were employees of the hotels and that in the bubble. No, and no, I'm not having that. It was all men, all men, all, all the time. All men, all the time. Fucking Tyson Barry and Eric Johnson all over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I forgot about that. Gordon Miller didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gordon Miller didn't. He's all over it. He's had it like stink on a monkey. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this is why we fucking only do one episode every two weeks in the summer because it gets fucking sketchy otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Way sketchy. Way sketchy. <laughs> okay. Guys, <laughs> let's get off this quickly. I can... <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Okay. <laughs> there has been some hockey news because there has been some signings. Um, <laughs> I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware that a team could win the Stanley Cup twice in the off season. But I do want to congratulate Leaf fans after they won the cup when they signed Wayne Simmons. They've now won the cup again, signing Joe Thornton to a one year deal at seven hundred grand. Well, they've, so, they've, so well they've really won the cup this time. Fucking like for sure, yeah. All, all jokes aside, fucking Joe Thornton, great, great signing. Like, I the the thing that intrigues me about Thornton though is they've already got Spencer, and <laughs> yeah, not to say that you can only have one demographic field for for each team or whatever, but if you've got two older centers, like you you're kind of clogging up the bottom of your lineup with risky players and and players who can only play a certain style which you know Joe Thornton and neither Thornton nor Spetzer are the most fleet-footed of of gentlemen at what Spetzer's 37 now is he? No Thornton's 31. Yeah. Yeah so like I just don't. Did you say 31 then? I said 41. I said 41. Um, Well I tried to say 41 maybe I said 31 but 41 was the point. Yeah do 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 you not agree that I mean, they're good players in name, but Christ, what are your fourth lines? Thornton, Simmons and Spetzer. That doesn't reek of the Toronto Maple Leafs identity in the year of our Lord 2020, does it? No, and even in my rocks and pebbles and boulders of joking at the start, there are some little kernels of gold in there that I do love. I do love this signing. I think it's an excellent Oh, yeah. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. If not for nothing else, mate, if not for nothing else, some beautiful intangibles. Just some beautiful intangibles. Having Joe Thornton in that room telling people to shut the fuck up and pull the head out of their ass, because we know that's what he's like, is fantastic. It's it's a great He's just going to come in and start beating up the kids. Yeah. Start slapping Mitch Marner around. <laughs> fucking, fucking Marner's going to be like, oh, I thought I'd have to do this kind of thing again. Oh. <laughs> no, oh, you, you, you thought writing lists was bad, son. Here we fucking go. <laughs> You're going to get lashed as a boy for not fucking making that pass properly. <laughs> I th- I, I, if, there was, if there's ever an intangible R1, it's one of the greatest players of all time coming in and, and trying to impart some wisdom on the young players. But yeah, man, I, I don't... I'm, I'm not liking, you know, Christ, like everyone loves a bit of veteran depth, but fucking hell, I don't know about this one. I think if it was, I think if it was just Thornton, it'd be okay. But like we said, I, I don't like the Simmons deal. Nope. I don't like the. Uh, I don't like. I don't really see the point in bringing Spetzer back, because again, we mentioned. I mentioned Bogosian. I mean, yeah, okay, he was he was great in the bubble, but he was playing with fucking Victor Hedman, who was the the Smythe winner. Anybody could play with that guy. You do have to give Dubas credit, and that he said after the season finished, I did not like what I saw from my players. And he's gone about and changed it. And he has got a lot of vocal people who are going to hold those younger guys to account. Those those signings are not going to they're not going to make or break the team. But you would hope then that they're going to be the players who are going to make these youngsters realise what's at stake and what's going to make them win. Because everyone's talking about oh well the Lightning changed their identity. They got Maroon. They got Bogosian. They got bloody oh, Luke Shen. Oh yeah, Luke Shen. You know players like that. But the players who won the cup for the Lightning were their superstars. It was Kucherov, Vasilevsky, Point, Hedman. They're the guys who won them the cup. The superstars became superstars and played how they should play. 
And that's what needs to happen for the Leafs. It needs to be the big four or five that need to step up and play. But the issue is, you still got that defense that I don't like. I, I still do not like TJ Brody because I don't like having a guy playing on his offhand. I just don't like that. And they've still got Fred Anderson in nets. And the question marks are all, are all still there. But for Joe Thornton, one year, 700 grand, do it all day, every day. Great signing. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think it's good. And I, I don't mind them bringing back Jason Sisser, but again, it's just like, surely it's one or the other. Because what you're going to have one of, you're either going to have both Thornton and Spetzer in the lineup every night. And yeah, I don't really fancy two, two 35 plus players who, who, yeah, Thornton's still doing well and, and Spetzer isn't doing terribly, but neither of them are like the players that they were, you know. Like you're still looking at basically two, two thirty-five plus third-line production at best players, or you, or you're gonna have one of them sitting in a box, which to me doesn't make any sense having those kind of guys around. Then I just think it's it's roster spots you could have used to for more effective players. And teams teams might get lucky. Short in season. I know everyone talked about Corey Perry, but people seem to forget that he was bad. Then everyone had three months off so he could rest and recuperate, and then he was okay again. You're not going to get that this year. It is going to be a condensed, a condensed slog, if that makes sense. There's going to be no sort of two or three month break in the middle this time. It's going to be even yep. more condensed. So I like the idea that the Leafs are kind of playing more of a squad game, and teams are going to have to do that. I think this season more than any other is going to have to be more of a squad season rather than just you know play your best players every night and it'll be fine. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't had a um, like a roster expansion. Not a, not a playing roster expansion every night, but like, okay, you can carry, like, sort of like in the playoffs, so you can carry 30, 30 skaters on your on your roster at all times. Yeah, you don't have to send them down to the minors or whatever. Like, obviously, that's a bit... Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because how, we're not sure how that's going to happen either, are we? Because the, yeah, the AHL might, might not play. You do, I suppose you just have a... Maybe, yeah. maybe that will be kind of the case and like your 50 contract limit still counts. But then anyone who's not active on on a given night or whatever doesn't count towards the cap. I I don't know. I guess something have to work out, isn't it? So that's what's going to be uh, one of those moving and shaking things we that's talked about before. Because like, because if you have if you have that situation set up where like you have a, a sort of um, like a minor league on paper only, if that makes sense, does that? Yeah. Uh, like I suppose your no movement clauses still don't count and like how does that work for the waiver wire like fucking cool. yeah, it's, a, it's a weird one isn't it before we move on we are on Spotify iTunes Google Podcast Stitcher YouTube and plenty of other places as well and if you can leave a five star review where you listen that would be lovely and we're always brought to you by the fabulous folks at Wave Intel Jason Paul and his team of hard working badgers and beavers still bringing you constant updates to the website with all the stats and comparison charts for teams and players they do roll out constant updates on many, many different things. So it's not just comparison charts. There's loads of other things going on. So go and check it out. Wave and tell online and on Twitter. Being smart so you don't have to. Okay. Uh, Patrick Marlowe's going to break Gordie Howe's record and I'm furious. Well, I don't like but, it. But why? Like Gordie, Gordie Howe played eight games a season back in 1874. Like It was, it was going to happen eventually, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it should be... And I mean this, no offence, Patrick, if you're listening. No offence. It should be somebody better than Patrick Marlowe. Sorry. He's, he's been good, though. It's not like it's, it's, not like it's fucking Sean Thornton. He's good. Doing it. He's not bad. He's good. <laughs> That's a great name. 
Great name to choose. You see that list, and then it's just Patrick Marlowe at the top. It doesn't feel right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's an amazing well, accomplishment, don't get me wrong. It's a fabulous achievement. It's, you know, who Who would you want then? Well, like Joe, Joe Thornton? Would that be a better. I don't know. Like if Crosby did it or somebody like that, then I'd feel like, all right, yeah, you know, you're wor- you're you're worthy enough to <laughs> sit at the top of that list. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> I don't. I... I'd, like I'd like to apologize against Patrick Marlowe. Sorry, Patrick. It's, it is hard. Like, I don't. Like, if, if Yager had done it, that would have been much better. I, th- I think I think that's the real the real crime that might potentially happen here is that Marlow did it and, and Yaga wasn't allowed to do it. There you go. Perf- yeah, of course, Yaga. Yeah, the per- that's perfect. Yeah, it should have been Yaga. So, uh, let, me, let me do a wee bit of maths. He's on seventeen twenty three. Gory House seventeen sixty seven. So so it's forty four games we're talking about. So if we've got a forty eight game season, <laughs> in theory. He's going to go get scratched for five of them. <laughs> all, all we need to hope for is a little, just a little, little niggle in a, in old, in old Patrick's thigh. All we need to hope for is that Babcock gets hired by the Sharks, and then he can do to Patrick Marlowe what he did to fucking Mike Madano. and just yeah, yeah, on, exactly. He'll get to seventeen sixty six. Yeah, see you later, mate. Yeah, and then he's unlucky, bruv. That's what you need to do. There you go. I think yeah, that's that. But I did, didn't they? Um, didn't they confirm Bob Bootner? Yes. Or am I making oh yeah. That oh yeah. No, they did. Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. But I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> like still comedy still, purposes. We can, That's what needs to happen. We can. We can. We can still hope. We can still hope. <laughs> yeah. It's. It's not. It's not a given thing. And and what happens if he gets to like I don't know, seventeen sixty or whatever, and they just going to squeeze him out for another year? I mean, Patrick Marlowe could still play to an extent, can't he? Patrick Marlowe is a bit of a. A victim of revisionist history because of the contract he got bought out of. It wasn't like he he was dead weight in Toronto necessarily. He just wasn't worth six and a half mil anymore. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. He did twenty two in in sixty uh, four last year, which isn't isn't great. But yeah, well, no, for a guy making seven hundred grand, that's perfectly fine. That's what I'm talking about. Like nobody's crossed a, a Joe Thornton for having a similar sort of season, and like he he got bought out from. From Toronto after a thirty-seven point season, which is that's all right. I'll take that. Oh yeah, I've, I've got I've got no issue. Got like I say, you know, I've, it's not revisionist history for me because I think he's a bad player or anything. I, I think he's a good player. I said it. You know, he's had a fantastic career, but it should be Yaga sat on top of that tree, and not Patrick Marlowe. That's going to be something that just irks me a little bit because I'm stupid like that. No, I know what you mean, but but then the the games played top ten is is littered with you know very very good players. But not, it's not the legends, is it? No, you're right. You're right. Like, yeah, all due respect to Brendan Shanahan, but he's in the top 20. Matt Cullen's in the top 20. Shane Doan. Fucking who else have we got? One of our, yeah, one, Mark of our Recky, first, like... one of our first disagreements was about Matt Cullen. <coughs> and I was saying how he needed, he needed more respect. I, don't, I remember. I remember. <laughs> but he, uh, more, more respect or not, he's, he's <laughs> he shouldn't be up there I'll with the with rest that. of them, should he? I agree with that. Is it is this an element of our perception of of what the games played record is? Do you know, like like it's not necessarily the best players who played the most games. It's it's a different type of skill that leads you down that path. You're right. You're right. And and the fact that he's the fact that he's going to do it, like I said, is an unbelievable to stay healthy for that long in this sport. 
Well, I mean, it just mm. shows he doesn't go to the dirty areas, doesn't it? It doesn't work hard enough, I guess. That's what it shows. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a real passenger player. <laughs> he's just a passenger <laughs> for his teams. <laughs> Until he never gets stuck in. <laughs> if, you, if you watch all of Patrick Marlowe's shifts throughout his career, he's always getting off the ice at the wrong time just because he wants to conserve his energy. He makes terrible, yeah. terrible line changes all the time. It's <laughs> a fair point. Uh, there were some signings as well. Uh, just quickly touch on some of these. Uh, Brendan Gallagher, six years at six and a half. Yeah, that's that's good. I think I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's... He's only twenty eight as well, so not you know still going to get a good production from him. And he's like, I, I think after after Josh Anderson gets that contract, his agent must have been like, "Fucking hang on a minute, <laughs> like... <laughs> you you can't come in here being yeah. a light version of me." <laughs> And it was funny, though, wasn't it? Because it was Brendan Gallagher's camp. Uh, Brendan Gallagher's camp and the Canadians' camps were both saying, "Well, talks have stalled. We're going to try again soon. Well, you know, we'll see what shakes out." Like two hours later, okay, it's done. Like what? How did you get that done that quickly after being at a complete impasse? It's such a weird one, isn't it? Like I'll, I'll never understand the sort of politics and the mind games that go on in these in these negotiations. Mental, yeah. but I, I think that's a good number for Gallagher. Like it doesn't. I, th- I think that's fair for him. Like, I don't think he's worth more. He's a very good player, but who is that? A bit like we were saying about Tyler's photo the other day. Like, he's a very good player, but that's a fair number. I agree completely. Uh, the Sens do sign somebody else to try and at least get to the floor. They sign <gasps> yes. Evgeny Dadnoff, three years at five mil. Such a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it a shame? <laughs> well, because Dadnoff's a really good player and I really like watching him play. And, and now he's going to... Well, it should be on a on a on a line with Colin White and Brady Kachuk. I like Brady Kachuk, but like he's not, not going to have. Line, dude, that's not a bad line. That's all right. Yeah, but I don't know. I'd I'd, I'd want to see him. I want to see him with with proper top tier players. I just like if... I literally just noticed this signing. This well, didn't come across my radar. Nolan Patrick, one year, eight hundred and seventy five grand. Yeah, because he, he he didn't play last year, did he? Oh, you're right. Yeah, he didn't play, did he? Fuck me, that is hats off to the devils. Yeah, no, no, no offense because it's not. Yeah, you know, the kid's been injured. Like that's not to not to dance on his fucking injured grave or anything. But fucking hell, what a bullet dodge there, isn't it? It was. The, it was a thing where even leading up to that draft, the whole talk was well. It's next year's draft actually is important. <laughs> I'm sure he and Patrick were like, I'm like, it's a fucking lot. I'm really fucking working my ass off over it. Nobody cares. But that was all you heard. Yeah. All you heard was, yeah, it's probably going to be Patrick and Heesha, and then, yeah, we're just going to think about next year instead. But then, then the seven teams turned turned out to be a really fucking good draft. Still, yeah, yeah, it was still good. It was still really good. Well, it, well, it was two, they, the, the yeah for those two. two. It's rough, isn't it? And it's hard for Patrick because you could have seen it coming. He had he had concussion issues and only played thirty three in his draft year. Like it's rough, really, really rough for him. Like, I hope he, I hope he gets back onto it, but yeah, that's going to go down in history as one of those, like, I, I reckon it will be sort of miscasted, like a proper, proper whiff and a proper bust, but like, it's not necessarily a proper bust, he's just been unlucky. Yeah, he's been unlucky with injuries, but it, you're right, in 10 years, no one's going to talk about that. It's going to be, could you believe they could have had this player? Instead, they took Nolan Patrick. Yeah, Pettersson, McCarr, Haskinen, Hughes, Etc. 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 Boston does sign somebody. I was, I was just about to say. 
they get Matt Grizzlick, four years, 3.69. Uh, all the reports are he's already talking about he's going to be getting more minutes and more ice, uh, more um, responsibility. I'm all for it. I love Matt Grizzlick. I think he's a great player. Happy with the signing. I love it. Mm. it. Seems to be a good number. Four years is is solid. And, and yeah, like you say, all the word that you hear about out of Boston is like, this kid's really good. He just doesn't have the minutes yet. He hasn't been given the opportunity to show how good he actually is on, on the bigger stage. So, yeah, fingers crossed for him. In something I feel we talk about, there's there's sort of six or seven topics we just come back to on this show every single time. The Sens overall is obviously one of them. The Tom Wilson, Ryan Reeves joke is one of them. Jim Rutherford being an absolute fucking lunatic <laughs> is another one. Oh my God, As they this. get rid of the anchor around their neck that was Mr. Jack Johnson and then re-sign... <laughs> Jack Johnson 2.0, Cody Cece for one year at 1.25. So I think what happened was <laughs> before the buyout, before he got bought out, Rutherford was on the phone with Jack Johnson said, let's say, have you considered playing right-handed instead of left-handed? Because if, <laughs> if you can't make that change, we're going to have to buy you out. And then they had to buy that as a right, I need right-handed Jack Johnson. And uh, here we are. To, to be fair to Cody CC, I think I would much rather have Cody CC at 1.25 than Jack Johnson at 3.3 for the next 12 years. Absolutely, yeah. I'd rather have Cody CC for one year than Jack Johnson for anything more than one year. Yeah, because that one year finishes much quicker than, than any other time. Exactly. And We're going to be sat here in June and Cody CC will probably be a free agent again. So it's fine. Yeah, that'll be that's that's so much better. But but like you say, with with Rutherford being an absolute nutter, didn't have to do that. No, no nobody was. <laughs> There's nobody else. There's nobody in the organization, like at any any level. They're like, you know what? Let's just play. Let's just play this guy. Let's just play him. He's in third line minutes. It's, it's fine. Let's just play this guy. No, no, not like. And and I think he's he's another one of those beautiful players that everyone's like, oh yeah, if you just give him. The right deployment, you know, the limited minutes, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. The only right deployment for Cody Cece is deploying him on a fucking bus to the a presumably folded AHL. Off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, preferably to a folded AHL club because then even they don't have to play him. Yeah, that's right. Oh, buddy, you're going to go play for the Hartford Whalers. Do you mean the carrot? No, on the bus to Hartford, son. See you later. Just drop him off. God, he just can't help himself, can he? Poor Cody. Poor Cody? Poor Cody? What? Do you know what he was, though? No, was he? Maybe he was, but maybe because he was in Ottawa, nobody noticed. But was he that terrible in Ottawa? Like, I mean, that bad? Because I saw him more when he played for the Leafs because when I'm looking for games, it was more likely that I would see a Leaf game well, yeah, of course. than another one. So I got to see Cody CC play quite, and he was awful, awful. It- but was he that awful in Ottawa? I think I if know. memory serves, he, he was, but he was young in Ottawa because he's still only twenty six now. When he when he was in Ottawa for the first few years, at least, it was like oh, he's only because he, he's been in the league for donkeys years. I think he came in at like nineteen. When was his first year? Wow. Yeah, mental at 12, 13, 14 was his first year, and he was drafted in two thousand twelve. So yeah, he'd have been he'd have been nineteen twenty when he first came into the league. So we had that first couple of years of like, okay, he's not. He's not very good, but he's got flashes and he's young, he'll work it all out, etc., etc. And then, yeah, it just, he's never worked it out. Still making a living, though. <laughs> he sure is. He sure is. 
I'd, I'd say he's snaking it till he makes it. Up there, up there for snake Maybe. of the year. I don't think he's a snake sure. though, because he, he's just bad. He's yeah, but all the players who are snakes are just bad. He, yeah, but he, they just get paid. He's to be not bad. pulling the wool over anyone's eyes like people are pulling the wool over their own eyes. Oh, good point. A move that we seem to be seeing a bit more now and again. Stan Bowman has penned an open letter <laughs> to the fans of the Chicago Blackhawks and maybe to Jonathan Taves as well, seeing as apparently they don't talk, confirming that they are in. He didn't say he didn't say a complete rebuild. He did use the word rebuild, but he said they have good top line production, but the rest of the roster needs filling out. And I just think it's interesting that because we saw it with the Rangers a couple of years ago, the GMs now appear to be willing to talk to fans to tell them, you know, this is what's happening, this is what we're trying to do. Can't pull the wool over your eyes or anything like that. And I just thought it's interesting that they seem to be going this route now. I, th- I think it. It makes sense, though, doesn't it? Because then it's almost oh, yeah. a way to quash fan ire, especially if they're as deluded as some members of the Black Hawks fan base seem to be in thinking that they're still potentially a contender or, or players. Or, yeah, play, play, players more importantly. I think originally it was titled Dear Jonathan, and then someone in the PR team just said, nah, nah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's cut that out, buddy. I guess now is the best time to do it. Because if there's no fans in the stands anyway, due to COVID, you don't have to worry about people not turning up, do you? It's the perfect time to do it. It's a genius move. I think it's a genius move. Can't throw jerseys on the ice in the bubble, can you, Dan? Exactly, mate. Because we always say, don't we? We All we focus on is the hockey side of the game. We never think about the financial implications to teams not making the playoffs or not being you know, like a, like a relevant team. And I get it, the Blackhawks are okay that they don't really have to worry about that too much because they'll get seven outdoor games a year and all that money and all that kind of thing, so ownership's happy. But when it comes down to it, you want to be in the playoffs for that. If you're an owner, you want to be in the playoffs for that revenue. But if there's no fans there, there's nothing well, and, it? you're not missing out on anything. So now's the best time. And, and even if you're sort of ignoring the playoff side of it, like openly admitting you're going to be in a rebuild and not be a competitive team necessarily... For certain markets, that really can affect your bottom line because you, you're not necessarily going to sell out Absolutely. or whatever, are you? I don't know if the Blackhawks would have been victim to that necessarily, but they've, I mean, they've definitely had periods of not selling out their, their arena and stuff like that, haven't they? So, so yeah, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. There is oh, yeah. basically no financial risk of this year saying, yeah, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna try. The thing is, though, as well with a rebuild is. You have to be able, you have to be willing to sell off your assets, and I get they've traded away Sard and Crawford, or or they or they left, but it's not like you got first round picks and prospects in return and all that kind of thing. It's not like the Kings have done or like the Rangers have done, where they've now built up this amazing farm system. And I get it; there are still there are still decent players. You know, I think of players like Bergfist and stuff like that who are in the Blackhawk system, but. You're still looking at a team that's incredibly top-heavy with two contracts. And then you've still got two guys on the D side, obviously Seabrook and, and Keith, who are just taking up so much money that you can't... I, I'm not sure what they're supposed to do. Like, who else are they going to get rid of to, to actually try and build something back up or at least get something back in return? I'm not sure how they do a rebuild. But that, that's exactly the problem. Like they've They've painted themselves into a corner a little bit which is why they've needed to rebuild for so long because they've slowly and slowly and slowly just dwindled away all of their sort of middle tier people where they've just ended up with just Taves, Kane, Seabrook, Keith and Crawford 
who none of them retain the values that they once did, bar maybe Patrick Kane. And like you say, you've just got no assets to recoup. So there's nothing they can do. They can't. I don't think you're going to be able to trade Jonathan Taves for for what you'd want to trade him for. And in some ways... Or if you did, you're going to have to wait a a chunk of salary at least, aren't you? Absolutely. And in some ways, it's not going to be worth it because you're probably going to get the same amount of value from having Jonathan Taves on your roster. The the only one that makes sense for me is, is getting rid of Patrick Kane. Because I reckon you could ship him to somewhere on the east coast who would who would gladly take him, and you'd get a decent amount back for him. But the 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 value that they have to trade away is the, the assets that they want to keep. Like yeah, your Debrinkats, your Stroms, your Nylanders, your like you say your Boakvists, and and even then that's about all they've got. I mean they've got some other some other youngsters that are set to come through, but I don't think they're going to be as good as as you need them to be. Like your Ian Mitchells. Um, who am I thinking of? Yeah, case in point, Ian, Ian Mitchell was the only one I can think of. Yeah, Colin Delia. I couldn't think of anyone, right. else. Think of anyone else. So it's, yeah, they're they're really in a in a rough position. I think they're going to have to do it a bit a bit the old fashioned way and just bite the dust and and try and get another high pick. I think you're right. Lastly, this week, not sad news, but one of those things I think we're all expecting is that uh, Doc Emmerich has announced he is retiring from calling hockey games, and. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'd like to say that the statement from the commissioner's office was absolutely fantastic. And I just want to echo what everyone else has said, really. He is the, he is the voice of hockey. If I ever watch a game or I watch highlights, if it isn't him doing the commentary, I do not get the same enjoyment out of it. His, his grasp of the English language and his ability to find the right words in a 100-mile-an-hour sport is staggering. And all the jokes are out there that he had something like in in a in a shift once he had something like eighteen different words for the word pass, and some of them were just amazing. But yeah, shout out to Doc Emmerich, an absolute legend, and I'm actually going to really miss him calling games. Yeah, I, I think so, especially for for like our generation who where he's really been the voice of of. Uh... Yeah, the big games, the nationally televised games and stuff for as, as long as we've been fans sort of thing. <laughs> like any great veterans, he's slowed down a bit over the last couple of years. And and I think watching him in the bubble or listening to him in the bubble, like you could tell that him calling games in that fashion wasn't working because he was calling off a screen, I think. Yeah. So like he was he was a bit off the pace, I think. And you could almost tell that maybe maybe life was catching up with him a little bit in that respect. But yeah, I, I think you're absolutely spot on. Fantastic play-by-play guy. Really, really interesting. Like for <laughs> for for a man who is so um, you know so intrinsically linked to that NBC Sports broadcast and all of its follies. I, I don't think I'd necessarily had particular complaints about you know Doc Emmerich ever. Compared to the rest of his uh, of his colleagues, like so that's no. that's uh, that's props to him as well for wading through that mud and still coming out shining on the end of it. Like yeah, he'll be yeah a, a real a real legend hanging up the hanging up the mic. He'll be he'll be sad to see him go. I think what it was more than anything else was you could tell how much he loved the sport and you could hear it when he called goals or a great save or something like that. It was it just came through. It came through that like oh my god, this guy is like he loves this. He loves everything about it, and I think that's what you kind of miss sometimes. I, I always thought with with Doc because he's he's got so many good anecdotes, and he he really likes to to talk around the game as well. Like I'd almost want to get like a series of of Doc like 
not necessarily calling games, but like talking about games. Do you know what I mean? Like you take a classic game for like, like the fucking gold medal game in 2010, whatever you want it is, any old classic games or whatever, and have him in a setting where he's not actually calling it live, but he's just discussing around the game and with the ability to stop it and have it go at his pace or whatever it is. I think that'd be That's really interesting. Good. I'd love that. Like the the old the old Adaj was he, he was a baseball commentator that was calling hockey games because that that very much yeah. echoes his his style. But yeah, I'd I'd really like to see him in a more long form piece because cause there there were definitely times where his uh, his expunging on the situation got in the way of actually calling the action itself. So like to have him have him unbridled would in an ideal world be fantastic. It'd be a cool kind of. In like a ten-part audio series or something like mm. that, like a podcast where he sits down with somebody and yeah, you can just discuss the game and have him watch the game and talk about it. There is something that you miss sometimes when you, because we live in that fat, like we said before, we, you live in that fast-paced, like now, now, now world and go, 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 and everything's got to be, you know, just hearing somebody sometimes just sit down and talk about something they love and something they've been a part of for so long. We miss that sometimes, and it, you don't really, we don't hear it as much anymore. No, absolutely not. And I mean, <laughs> we're we're almost talking like uh, like his paper, which, which he obviously, fortunately, hasn't. But yeah, it would definitely be a, a a loss to the hockey broadcast community. I think. Indeed. All right, there we go. Is there going to be any news to do a show next week? <laughs> Yeah. Or are we back into the dog days of autumn? I mean, there, ha- there, there has to be. The fact that there's been nothing this week surely means that there has to be something next week, doesn't it? Maybe? I guess. I, th- I think I it's... we have to wait and see, won't we? Yeah, it's, it's especially exacerbated at the moment because we don't know when the season's going to start. So I'd imagine there's going to be an element of until we get that announcement and we know what the structure... Or like when we get that announcement... And when we know the structure of the 2021 season, that's when we're going to have a big splash of, right, here's the other shit that's going to happen. Because to an extent, you know, the, the important stuff has been, yeah, the, the the top tier stuff has been done, like Petrangelo sorted, Hall sorted, Krug is sorted. Yeah, all the goal, the all the, most of the high profile, yeah, we've done the draft, most of the high profile goalies have been sorted. It's it's now stuff like, like your RFAs, the rest of those decent middle-class free agents we spoke about, they can be on the back burner until we know what's actually happening next year. And and, and I do think that once that's happened, the off-season will start properly. Like, now it's now it's cottage, cottage time, isn't it, really? <laughs> all, all, yeah. all jokes aside, because, like, you know, all due respect oh, right. to, to GMs and hockey operations staff across the league, like, they do need a break at some point. And, and as much as the, the COVID pause... Was yeah, technically a break. It's not a holiday. Holiday is it? It's no, like right. it's like calling your lunch break an annual leave. Like it's not. It's not the same at all. So yeah, I, I kind of, I definitely understand them thinking right. I'm going to take two, three weeks now, and then, and then rush it all at the end when we know what's going on. Which which is a an attitude to work that I can wholeheartedly understand and and endorse. It's the only way I think, isn't it? I mean, what else are you supposed to do? Until all in time and prepared. I I don't understand. How can you possibly work if you're not pressured by a deadline? It's just not. It's not possible. When you've got time to do it, you can't possibly keep on top of all that shit because there's no point. Exactly. Wise words. Wise words. Thank you for listening, everybody. Will any last words? Um, no, everyone enjoy your copies of EA, EA NHL Twenty One. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
and try try your hardest to score those goals in the press conference where Dan failed to do so. Yeah, I didn't get that. I didn't get that goal after the game had finished, so I've been demoted to uh, fourth line. Pray for me, everybody. <laughs> Take care, everyone. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you.